0: You are now listening to an all-new episode of Bubble Bath Stories with your hosts, Nikki Trends and Manny Oso.
1: The Minnie Mouse from behind you? Duh,
2: you are good. You have a good
0: eye.
2: It's <laughs> so funny, dude. I did take it down uh, just because I was like, it's too much going on in the background. But like, it's funny. You notice? I'll put it back just for you. Just for you. I'll put it back. There you go. Wait a second. You, oh, you, midi- got good, you got a good, got a good eye. Put
0: her up if you got it. All right, uh, all right. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another Welcome wonderful back. episode. As you can see, we're trying this video thing. So far, it's been working, I guess. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Um, new ventures, new ventures.
0: That's what it's all about. We have a, another guest, another blast from the past, yeah. which is so great. Guest that is from the past, please introduce yourself.
2: Hey, my name is Frank. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The blast from the past is I'm originally from Tampa, Florida, and somehow I'm the only Cuban that made it north of Nashville somehow. So I'm up Uh, here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, wait. I I guess guess New York is pretty far north, too. But but all I'm saying is is that, uh, that, uh, yeah, I'm here in Milwaukee. I'm a pastor at a church. I've been a pastor my entire adult career, and I'm glad to be on this show.
0: We are so happy to have you. So, you guys, we say he's a blast from the past, not because he's just from Tampa, but he is also a classmate of ours. Class 0 05, a big That's right, right
2: That's right, 05. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, we are so happy that you were able to join us. Right, you have a podcast you are teaching you're a pastor for youth congregation you've done it in tampa you're now in wisconsin mm-hmm. milwaukee i don't know how yep, you did that yep. why that's crazy <laughs> um just tell us a little bit about your journey about how you decided that this is the path for you
2: that's great yeah so long story short you know in high school i played football um at a pretty you know good football team but at the same time I was like quietly going to church the entire time because one day a friend of mine said hey you want to come to church there's free pizza and cute girls and I said you had me at free pizza and so I went there for the pizza and there were yeah. some cute girls and I, and I but I kept those worlds kind of a, kind of separate um I was the at best the most hypocritical Christian throughout middle school and high school but then when I was 17 years old Uh, I went on a missions trip and um, that's, you know, I went to another country to, to go tell people about Jesus. And on that trip, that's when I actually began my actual relationship with Jesus. And, and, and from there on, when people were to ask me, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I would used to say, I want to go to the NFL. Like I want to play football, but that dream kind of diminished and the desire to kind of help young people kind of increased. And so therefore I knew I wanted to go into ministry like around 17 or 18 and that led to my journey of going to a Bible college to interning at a church, and now I've been in ministry for like 14 years.
0: Oh man, 14 wow. years! I know Dude. it's way too
2: long. It's long.
0: <laughs> so, can I ask, you, like, why did you keep both those worlds apart? Yeah, why yeah, you I, went through
2: it? I mean, like, like anything in high school and in middle school, you know, there's two things there's peer pressure to try to fit in, and two, there's like insecurities, and like, I felt like Base, like just because of my, my insecurity all my friends weren't like living for jesus right they were there were football players they were messing around with partying party and all this stuff and i just felt like i wanted to either fit in with them or i was going to be the awkward christian by the vending machine and i didn't want to do one of those two things so so i kind of kept it a secret but then after that experience on that trip i was like who cares if I fit in? You know, let me be me. I'm going to be authentically myself. If you don't like me for that, then it is what it is. And like the Bible tells us, like some people aren't going to like you if you follow Jesus either. So I decided to say, hey, I'm going to be me. And then that's kind of where I kind of veered off this desire to impress people and have people like me. I did it imperfectly, but I just did my best to say, hey, I'm going to be authentically me. And if you don't like it, you don't. That's awesome. I mean,
0: we, we have so many questions. Yeah. Uh, we saw that you... <laughs> did a panel, uh, I believe, on, um, I'm sorry, it was justice, gospel, and...
2: Ray, it's, it's race, justice, and the gospel, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, cause I, like... Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, it was with
2: you and four others, right? Right,
1: Three,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, so, it was, you, you had, you know, um, the moderator was asking you how you were introduced to church, and you basically... Got into church the same way that I feel all Spanish kids get into church. You're dragged to church. Yeah. Uh, don't ask questions. This is what you're doing on Sunday, uh, especially on Christmas, especially Easter. Every holiday. Every holiday. And I grow, I know for me, and Manny can speak on his experience. I know for me, it was definitely like, it made me not really be interested in it because, you know, I had to do it. Um, and so I know my relationship now with God is there, but maybe not so much with the church aspect of it. How, I mean, maybe what was it like for you? Well,
1: so I, whenever I speak about it, I, I kind of feel like it was the, as a kid being, having to go to church was never set up as like, like something that you go have fun going to do. Like you go to church cause you have to go to church. And that's why I feel like it took me so long to gain a spiritual side, because I felt like I have to have it. And like, how do I know if I actually have it?
0: And so I guess the question is how, you know, you deal a lot with young people. So how do you, how Help do them you find that? How do you stay cool and hip?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: while also making sure that you deliver the word and really relate to them
2: yeah i think i think that tension you're feeling when you were growing up and you felt like you're being dragged to church let's be honest church was boring like there were so many aspects of like this is lame like these especially like if you're if you're a, if you're a latino like like you grew up probably going to catholic church and you are yes. like da, 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 da. like what are we doing like this is weird. To, like, do <laughs> yeah, do in, it's 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 weird right and and i think like what made my high school experience like like yeah what drew me to church in high school was you know the free pizza and the cute girls and the re- but like what really kept me there was like the relationships like my youth pastor growing up was a a 5 8 white guy from Iowa like couldn't be any more unrelatable to me but he cared about me, you know what I'm saying? Like he he invested in me. My dad really wasn't present in my life. So the fact that he was there to be a man in my life was a big deal. And so like, I always tell other people who wanna go into ministry and to tell teenagers about Jesus, it's like, they don't care if you know how to say, like, cool stuff or if you're on TikTok. That's irrelevant. What they care about is if you actually care about them. And, like, if you actually care about them, then they're going to give you your ear. You know what I'm saying? It helps if you're funny. It helps if you have a little bit of swag. But none of that really matters as much as because you can't fake caring for someone. And so, therefore, like – like when I when I do, when I have my youth ministry, I just say, "Hey, like I I genuinely care about you. I want to get to know you. I might not understand like the kids who like are into Minecraft and and I don't know that world. I don't know Dungeons and Dragons. I know a little bit about sports and hip hop, but the other stuff I don't. But I care about you, so I'm willing to listen. And I think that's kind of what I say is what I actively try to do when I'm, I'm trying to get kids to come to my ministry and say, "Hey." I'm not trying to be cool. I, ho- I hope you think I'm cool, but it doesn't matter. I hope you, <laughs> I hope that you know I care. And therefore, when I talk about the Bible, about faith, all that stuff, then maybe it will, it will resonate a little more. You know what
0: I'm saying? That's interesting.
1: Um, Do you feel music or anything that – is there something in particular you like to help to relate with, like music or – you said football,
2: sports? Yeah, I mean, like, dude, like pop culture like, – I mean – teenagers are the same as they were you know 10 15 20 years ago in the sense of like they care about pop culture right so like yeah if you know a little bit about what the top 40 is if you know what is hot in movies and TV shows like that's gonna be helpful but like also kids can tell when you're faking it if you're if I'm a if I'm out there you know trying to wear like an extra long T and trying to do the whoa all the time they're gonna be like this is weird you're 33 I'm like I, I I'm sorry I'm sorry but like Obviously, I try to stay relevant and current, and I'm aware of these things. And I mean, like, I do. I mean, I personally feel like I'm 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 hip with music. Like, I like current sounds and stuff, and 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 things like that. But I don't I don't necessarily try to use that as my only point of like building that relationship. I say, right. hey. Let me buy you custard. Let me buy you some ice cream, and let's just talk about life. And let's we'll talk about how this life sucks right now, right? Like COVID shut everything down. All that stuff shuts down. Let's talk about that, and and let's grow with one another.
0: That's awesome. I mean, it's it's just like youth and religion are just like you don't really think about them when they mix. And so, I guess how do you have these? I guess it's really difficult conversation with kids when they like for instance, there are things that are in the Bible that we are supposed to follow, like, you know, no sex before marriage, um, infidelity, honoring by parents. But if, how do you how do you relate that to real life, right? Like, are you, are you still supposed to honor a toxic parent who's not mm. you know, with you, uh, sex before marriage now? Is that really relevant in the sense of your soul and your faith, especially just like, you know, we're not married, we live together, but that's more on a, how can I marry you if I don't really know you? Um, so how do you like kind of navigate those kind of topics? In a modern with, world. Yeah, in a modern world.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the Bible is definitely written in a specific time in a specific place. And it's important to understand the context, but at the same time, there are these principles from scripture that like surpass time. Like for example, the reason why no one craps on the 10 commandments is because we can all agree killing people is wrong. Right. And so like, so, so there's these like different principles that we can extrapolate from the original context into this modern day now there are some things that are for sure going to go counter to our culture right like the idea of one man and one woman forever is kind of contradictory to our modern day culture and this is where the conversation we're gonna have to wrestle with is we're gonna say do I believe in submitting to what is culturally cool or culturally normal, even though we all agree that the culture changes and shifts. Like what's, right. re- what's relevant and true now wasn't relevant and true 15 years from now. And it isn't gonna be relevant and necessarily true 15 years later. But there's a lot of stuff in scripture that has been relevant and true for 2000 years, even if the culture disagreed with it. And so for example, great example, there's a student of mine who, um said she was she was transgender and she wanted to transition from a from a, from a girl to a boy and i told her i said hey yo i love you i want you in the student ministry and i understand that there's stuff that we're going to talk about that may feel like it disagrees with your opinion and how you should live and I want you to know that this is a place where we want you here. But at the end of the day, your problem is not going to be with me. Your problem is going to be with what Scripture says. And you're going to have to wrestle with your own convictions of what the Bible says. Does that make sense? And so, so I challenge students to say, hey, when something you believe in socially rubs against something that you read in Scripture, now you have to ask yourself a question. Am I going to align with the culture and society, or am I aligned with Scripture? That's the only decision that you can make. I can't make that for anybody. I'm just right. going to say this is what the Bible says, and this is what I believe in. But just know, regardless of the situation, I still love you, and I care for you, and I want you here. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because she mentions like toxic parents, and I've been right. noticing. i noticing a lot right now with the whole with the whole race culture that's going on there's a lot of young white kids who are going against their toxic racist parents beliefs and yeah. they're posting this stuff. And I wonder like, I mean, like what would be your thoughts about that? Cause you're supposed to honor your parents. Do you have to For obey sure. everything they say like that?
2: Yeah, I would say, and this is, this is a common thing because it the, the, the difference between honoring your parents and like, Submitting to your parents when they're wrong are two different things. Does that make sense? So like, for example, if your parents are like, hey, um, we're racist and you got to be racist too. I'd be like, no, because the Bible <laughs> doesn't support racism. The Bible is like, no, nah, we're all created equal in God's image. That's not what we believe in. Right. But 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 what that doesn't mean is I'm going to like punch my dad in the face constantly because I just dis- disagree with him. There's a there's a way to respect someone but also disagree with them, and I think yeah. that's what that's what I would say. So like honoring your parents ultimately means it's like respecting them and, and honoring them to the point of where they don't disagree with what the Bible says how you should live. If your parents are acting whack, like they're abusive and stuff like get out of the house. Like <laughs> like, like get law involved. Like that's that's what you should be doing. But when it contradicts what the Bible says, that's when we have a problem. But it, but honoring your parents it's like if you just don't want to like pay rent because you're lazy, then that's not honoring your parents. Does right. That make sense? <laughs> that's like you
0: know, come on. Yeah. Um that's that's great. I mean I love you know, I follow, we follow each other on social yeah. media. I just love how personable you are on social media. They are a lot of times people who are part of a congregation where they don't really let you into their lives and what's going on. It's just a lot of scriptures and things like that. But with you, you're just so honest and vulnerable about your posts. Um, you had a really funny post about how you got your first haircut in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought it was so great because, you know, you know, there's so many people who are involved in, like, you know, religion and spreading the word who aren't really open about things like that. Um, Which leads me to bring up, you had an incident in your neighborhood, mm. which is very much related to everything that was going on. And you were just so open and honest about it. Can you just, uh, you know, talk a little bit about it?
2: Yeah. So... I just moved to a new house in in this different part of Milwaukee. And and just to give some context, Milwaukee is historically the most segregated city in the country right now. Like right now it's really segregated. Um, And so needless to say, like I moved a little bit closer to my church and it's definitely like a, a more white part of town. And I don't know if I'm the only minority that lives in this neighborhood, but I'm one of a few for sure. And I was just, you know, walking around the neighborhood on my phone, either listening to a podcast or talking to someone, and and this lady waved me down, and she just said, "What's your name? Who are you? Where do you live? And where exactly do you live?" Like she didn't introduce herself, she didn't welcome me, and like I even talk about that in that, in that panel you talk about. It's like yeah. she had an American flag shirt, an American flag on her house. It's like in my mind, if you're an older white lady with a lot of flag paraphernalia, you don't yeah. like you don't like brown people. Oftentimes, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's that, that's a presupposition that's probably wrong, but that's been my experience. And, um, and I was hurt and I was embarrassed just because it's like, I'm a pastor. I've mostly worked with white people my entire life. Like, like I'm not a threat. I know I'm big, I'm Brown and I'm bearded, but like, I'm not a dangerous person. And the fact that she did that, like upset me, but instead of like dragging her on social media and like trying to cancel her, like what we see so often right now is like, what if I did something different? What if I invited her to dinner? And what if I said, "Hey, I want you to get to know me." So next time you see the big brown guy in the street, you're not like locking the doors, and you're like, "Okay, right. he's a neighbor." And uh, to, to kind of give you a conclusion to the story, she wrote me back. Long story short, she's not going to have dinner with me. She's not interested in that. But um, we're good now. Like, like she right. knows I'm a neighbor. She knows I'm not a threat. But she's not necessarily interested in building a relationship with me. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Jesus, like,
2: so
0: <laughs> right? You know? I but like, it's just it. You know, I urge you guys to um, go on Frank's Facebook because you do have you do have the link there for the panel, race justice and the gospel. Yeah, and it's just powerful to hear because you had two. I guess they're big coworkers or two. Yeah,
2: there. One's coworkers. a coworker, and the other two are just like. Very big, like re- like members of our church,
0: yeah. And it was it was interesting to hear because both of them were both of them are black, and it was interesting to hear how they would go to predominantly white churches, and they were the token black people, and they had to yeah. do that. And and it's so crazy because you think you're in church, right? Like yeah. God, God, everybody's equal, but yeah. it it still serves that it's so. It lives everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. So right. for you, you said that a lot of the churches that you went to were predominantly white churches. The first time you gave uh, a, sermon. a sermon, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, somebody as soon as you came on stage told you, you're going to have to shave your beard because yeah. you look Muslim. And yeah. so when you are looking to join congregations. How important is it that diversity is represented within the congregation?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there is like, um, like a a contextual thing. Like if you are in the middle of Montana, it's going to be hard to find diversity, right? Right. Like there's just, there's just way less people of color than there are white people. So like if you're a person of color that finds yourself in Montana, you're probably gonna have to join a white church no matter what. Um, but you know, when I, when I, before I came to Wisconsin, um, the, I was, I was talking to another pastor and I was saying, Hey, this is where I want to do in my career. This is where I'm in my life. What should I do? The one thing he's, spe- this is a white guy talking to me. He said, specifically find a church that desires to be multi-ethnic because the reality is if if you end up in a white church and you're the only person of color, It's going to be difficult at times, not because people are racist, but because just systems and prejudices are in place where, like, it's going to be difficult to be heard and to do like that. And that's not saying—I mean, like, I've been in plenty of white churches where everyone's great, and just happens that no black people go to their church. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like. What I love about the church I'm at is that we intentionally try to be multi-ethnic. They hire people of color. They put people of color on stage during worship. We have people, we have um, a preaching rotation of a white guy, me who's Cuban a black guy, a Brazilian guy, and another white guy. So like there's a multi, there's diversity every single week of who is preaching on stage. And there's oh, this wow. desire. And I would just say, if you're a person of color and you're looking for a church and you want to be in a place where it's not just monolithically black or Spanish or whatever, but you want to be a true diversity, Finding those churches are hard because they're constantly dealing with the politics of people wanting it to be more white or more whatever. But man, it's a hard fight, but it's worth it because this is what heaven's going to be like. If you're racist, you're going to hate heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because as the Bible says, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, you know what I'm saying? So, like, if you go to a church that's multi ethnic, like, that's a little bit close to what heaven's going to be like. But again, I'm not, I just want to make sure we're clear. All black churches, all Latin churches, all white churches, they're not bad. But, like, when you have a monolithic ethnicity, it's kind of – there's prejudice that kind of seep in unintentionally, and that's where make things become uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: They're just serving their community. They're not bad. I get that.
2: Exactly. Um, exactly. Do you
1: have a lot of – where you live, do you have a lot of Spanish people going to your church? Because you just say, yep. Yeah. Where are you going to find a Cuban (laughs) (laughs)
2: shop? Yeah, this for sure. I have not met a single Cuban in Wisconsin. But I will say this. So I'm I'm in one of those, what's called a mega church. It's one church, but multiple locations. We got like 2,500 people going to our church. And we have four locations. And in our four locations, there's like a church that's right near... A large lat- Latino community. Lots of Mexicans and Puerto Ricans live there. We have a campus that's in a predominantly African American community where the zip oh, codes Wisconsin. like. What Do you say?
0: Puerto Ricans,
2: Mexicans. <laughs> hey, there's like so many good Puerto Rican restaurants, but like I can't find a good Cuban sandwich anywhere. It's, it's wild. <laughs> it's, it's, the it's last time. I've given
1: bread.
2: <laughs> yeah, they like they're like they got to Chicago and they're like let's keep going and they got and they ended up in Milwaukee, you know. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, that is, that's awesome. That's so beautiful. And it's so great to hear your story because it's, it's really relatable. It's relatable how, you know, that you did it so young and you had to like kind of separate the worlds before you could really embrace who you were. Um, yeah. I guess the other question I have for you is what do you think about Kanye West's Sunday services?
2: <laughs> I think mm-hmm. as a, as, as art, It's, it's epic. Like, I mean, it's just, it's create, it's very Kanye. It's like, let's do something no one's ever seen before. Put a bunch of people in beige clothes and sing worship songs. Like that's like, I think that's really, really cool. And I think like some of, some of the music is dope. Like I'm not going to lie. And I think it's cool how he's actually partnered with pastors at different churches, depending on where he's at to do, to do cool, cool different things. I think it's really, really dope. With that being said, it's not church. Does that make sense? Like, I would say at best, it's like a really cool art experiment where it's like it's a, it's it's a Christian-inspired art experiment on a Sunday morning, um, wow. and, yes. and I think yeah.
0: and,
2: and I think it's dope. And I think like if it ever came anywhere near me, I would go to it. But I would yeah. say like you know because millennials or Gen Zs who are looking at this like there's no church of Kanye. Like I wouldn't like <laughs> I wouldn't put my 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 thing in that because like is not perfect, and we all know that. And like, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with the Sunday services? But it's it's dope. I think there's good art and good music coming out of it, and I would love to go one day. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's pretty cool. It's art. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Um, I guess okay. One last question. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of people who use the Bible almost to like weaponize. Other other people who they don't necessarily agree with their lifestyle. What do you what do you think about
2: that? It's a great question. Um, the 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 Bible at the end of the day is the word of God, and it's God like God loves us so much that though we have sin and disease and death in this world that's destroying us, He wants to speak to us. And so what the Bible is is Him saying like, I am not some distant heavenly being that doesn't want to do anything with you. I want to have a relationship with you. And so here are my words. that's what the Bible is. Um, and so, so when people use the Bible as a weapon to marginalize people and harm people, that's not what it's for. And sadly, that's what happens when you have like sinful people who make mistakes, take something as good, as beautiful as the Bible and mishandle it. Does that make sense? The yeah. the greatest commandment in script, the Bible, Jesus Himself says, "My greatest command for you is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others as yourself." That's the, like if you can love others and love God, you nailed it. Like you, like you you succeeded at at completing the Bible, right? You've done it if you can love God and love others. And I think when 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 Christians see people who they disagree with, who people who either aren't Christian or who are maybe doing stuff whose lifestyle doesn't add up to what the Bible says. The The Christian's response, Jesus' response isn't, hey, you're a terrible person, you're going to hell. Jesus' response is, I'm gonna love you so much that that my love will change your life. And I don't know what that what that necessarily means for each and every person, but what that means is, my my place on this earth is to love people. Not in a weak kind of love where I don't talk about anything, I just hug everyone. That love right. is gonna come with true heavy words that's gonna make people uncomfortable. But understand that I'm never gonna condemn anybody and say, you're going to hell. I'm saying, I love you. And this is what the Bible says. And I love you so much that I feel like there's a better life for you than a life to addiction, than a life of harmful um, mistakes. Does that make sense? And so I yeah. think when you see people weaponizing the Bible, they, they they're they're uh they're taking the scripture in a place where it was never intended to be done what you should be seeing is people who say i love you even if i disagree with you which is in our culture right now there's no yeah. room for, there's no room for nuance you're either like you're you know you disagree with me or i hate you it's like it's like, it's like there's no there's no room for like okay here's a gray area you disagree on my, this. I disagree on you this, but we can live peaceably with one another. I think at right. I think in the heart of Christianity, there's much more of that saying. I disagree with you, but I still love you, and I think we can still figure this out, as opposed to saying I disagree with you and you should go away and spend eternity in hell. I think there's a more of a middle ground. Here. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: Yeah. Do
1: you think awesome. um? So do you think tolerance isn't enough? Like people just saying like, okay, I'm just gonna because right now. There's like a whole argument that if you're not saying something about a movement that's going on, then you're not for it. You're against it. You're yeah. So up, like, You what, have to
2: have that. Like when people say your silence is violence, right? Like yeah. when people say stuff like that. So my problem with that is this is not everyone is like hip to social media, right? Like, yeah. like if, if you don't put a black picture on your Instagram, you're not a bad person. You know what I'm saying? Like not everyone, um, a, can speak articulately about everything. Also not everyone should be an expert. Like I'm not an expert on police reform. So you're not going to hear me talk about, well, this is what we should do. We should defund the police. We should do this. We should, I I have a bachelor's degree in ministry. I took one math class. I'm not smart enough to talk about this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? What I can do is I can pray, I can talk to God about this kind of stuff, but like I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on the executive branch of our government as well as police reform. What I do know is I've done enough research and have experienced racism in my own life that there's stuff that doesn't make sense and we should do something about it. But just because I'm not... Like for example, if, if, if you say, hey, I love black lives, but I'm not comfortable protesting because I don't want to catch COVID bro, I re- I'm fine with that. Like, that's 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 your provo- prerogative. It doesn't mean that you, because you don't protest, now you're racist. racist. There has to be much more nuance. But the world right now is not giving us nuance. So in the same way how, like, the public world is not giving you nuance, I believe in Christianity. There's not a lot of nuance where it says, like, hey, I'm a believer, but I don't hate gay people. Does that make sense? Like, I'm a believer, yeah. and, like, you know if you had a past where you did wild stuff it doesn't mean you're canceled like there's grace right and so I think I think if there's one thing that I'm constantly trying to tell people is that man allow there to be room for nuance social media is a terrible place for communication there needs to be room for nuance yeah. that's amazing
0: thats beautiful um, woof I feel like I just want to see church right I feel like <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, just said...
1: You got to go to real
0: trip. <laughs> Um, First of all, thank you so much for joining us. Please let the people know where they can find your podcast, where they can find you, where they could watch services.
2: Yeah. So, uh, frankgill.com, frankgil.com, F R A N K G I L.com, that's my website. Um, there, my podcast is there. All my social media is on there. I have a podcast called 15 Minutes of Frank. No one here has to listen to it, it's a podcast. For people in ministry, it's like if I was a plumber and I just talked about every week what it's like to be a plumber. That's weird if you're not a plumber. So this is a.
1: Though
2: I listened to the one you're talking about the eating the frog, and I've heard that before too. Uh Well, I mean, if you want to check it out, that's fine. It's just like it's a pat. It's a podcast made for other people in ministry, and so like I I tell a lot of people like you don't have to listen to it, but if you want to, that's dope. Um, but yeah, I go to a church that has a really weird name. It's called Epikos. E P I K O S. Um, but if you just, if you find my website or go to my social media page, Pastor underscore Tank is my social media. If you find me, you'll find everything. So yeah, man. Thanks for having me on this on this on your show. Yeah. This was so fun. No, of hey. course. Um, so if you guys want to
0: know what I'm to, you, you can catch me on IG at Nikki Trends.
2: And I'm on at Got No
1: Time For This on IG.
0: And you can find us at all of our stories on Facebook and on Instagram. Frank, we would love for you to leave us with a prayer before we end this.
2: We'd love to. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the show. Thank you for these friends. Thank you for everyone who's listening. I pray Lord, that you you bless them and you shine your face upon them, and that um and that you are uh, do something incredible, not just in the lives of people who are hearing this, but just in this world. We need you, God. There's disease. There's injustices, and apparently there's hornets somewhere. that's are trying to kill us, Lord. We need your protection, God. Be with us, comfort us, and lead us in where you want us to go. In your Son's name, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much again, Frank. We super appreciate it. It And we will see you guys next week.